0: for giving us a picture of that sweet child. It brings so much joy to so many. And we are, uh, this is no surprise, in Romans. We've been working our way through the book of Romans and not too far off, just a few weeks. Uh, we're in Romans 16 this morning. Uh, verses 1 through 6 and 16 is where I want to read. Um, this is a section of Scripture where Paul talks about people who he has encountered through his ministry that have impacted him. I'm not talking about just the power of their ministry. I'm talking about he fell in love with them. You know, not a a dance, kissy-kissy kind of love necessarily, but a kind of love that says, man, I want to hang around with those people. I want to be with those people. Where he thought about those people, and he thought, if I could just be with them. God blessed me by letting me meet these awesome people. And we're going to look at some of those this morning. There's not a lot of information about a lot of these people in the scriptures. Some, this is the only place we learn about them. But they were precious to Paul. So, well, turn with me, with that said, to Romans 16, verses 1 through 6 and verse 16 of that final chapter in the book of Romans is our text this morning as we march through a part of Romans 16. I ask you to stand in God's honor as I read aloud. I commend to you our sister Phoebe. A servant of the church in Centra. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints. And to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been a great help to many people. Including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, My fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risk their lives for me. Not only I. But all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Eponitis. Who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary who worked very hard for you. And then drop down to Verse 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ Jesus send greetings. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your church. It's far more than a building where people gather one or two days a week. The church is your people, Lord, filled with your spirit and with the very person of Jesus who is Love itself, uh, Father, it says that that you, O oh Lord, are the author, the perfecter of love, and Jesus Christ is a demonstration of that, and Father, as we look at these people, Lord, that you placed in Paul's life as they were able to rub shoulders and they were able to work together in you. Father, thank you for people like that, and I just pray, Father, that you might minister to us as we look at your word, speak. Far more than I could ever speak. May your spirit, Lord, minister to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We live in such a technological age. Many of the books on church growth have the feel with all these technological words. And, you know, I remember reading a long time ago somewhere where... It said that the church is not an organization. The church is an organism. There is great value in organization. I don't want to diminish that in the least. But the fact of the matter is. It's the living Christ in people who are alive. Who are connected for a vital purpose. A church is more than a business with a cross on top. A church is a place where Jesus is. And the church is where God's. People are set on mission to interact and to connect with people who are around them to make a difference. And, and yet, we live in an age where it seems like, although technologically, we're closer than ever before, we're further apart. We miss that front porch where you used to sit out in the rocking chair and, and the neighbors would come or other relatives would come and you'd spend the afternoon talking together. Now we find ourselves, a, we refer to it as screen time, TV, cell phone computer, instead of people time, directly in front of a person. So in one sense, even though we're more connected, we're obviously less connected. Um, Many of uh, those uh, who give guidance in building new sanctuaries for churches recommend that we no longer use pews, but chairs. And the reason for that is, and that recommendation is, is that people don't want to touch each other too close. Isn't that tragic? Isn't that sad? I mean, I get that in one sense. But in another, more than ever, we need the human touch. Years ago, Time Magazine noticed that their subscriptions were waning. And, of course, their profits were too. And so there was a campaign where they used 350 of their employees to sit down and write personal letters. To people who used to be subscribers but had dropped their subscription. Begging for them to to come back to renew their subscription to Time Magazine. A very passionate plea. And as time went by and as they discovered the use of computers. They were able to take some personal name plates, little plates. And run it through a vast machine. And they had a code that would tell them when the subscription it had run out or when it was about to, to run out and be able to send out these letters. and Everything went fine for a while until one very hot day, uh, the machine, the plates stuck together in this vast machine and they ended up sending 12,634 of these letters to the same place, a sheep herder who lived out in Montana. And so here this sheep herder, and he receives 12,634 letters from Time Magazine, begging him to get Time again, get Time Magazine again. So he begins reading through the letters, and he becomes weary. I mean, he usually doesn't get any mail. And so finally he realizes what's happened. He's got all these letters, and so he makes out a check for $6, sends the subscription coupon personally to the President of Life Magazine, and says, I give up. I will subscribe if I'm needed that badly. And the picture of the church, guys, is... May God not have to beg you and I to receive His grace and to know His love and to be vitally connected together. Not not just electronically talking to each other, but but together. Connected in Christ. Um, I just want to march through a couple of verses here. Turn me back to Romans chapter 12. as There is a plea in Romans 12. To love one another. He, he starts there in verse 9. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. In other words, be real. Be genuine. This is not an act. Don't come to church and you know be all holy and everything. And then you leave here and okay, now it's time to go back to my real life. Christ is to be our life. Not just a little phase of who we are. But who we are. Be sincere. He says, hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. And and then he goes on. He says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. We need to be devoted to each other. We're not to be little islands. But we're to be together. There should be a connection um, that, that brings us together. Regardless of our backgrounds. Regardless of our history. Regardless of where we've been. It's in Jesus that we're brought together. And that's the connection. And, and then he says in the next verse, he says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I always like to say, Don't look like you've been baptized in pickle juice. I love Jesus. Boy, do I love Jesus. Yeah, really, right. I talked to a friend of mine this week. I haven't talked to in a while. That, um, Just a dear brother in the Lord. And, uh, I was a little bit down about some stuff. and I called him and he said, Boy, that's tough stuff, Todd. And he said, I don't really know what to tell you. But there's one thing I've learned. He's been through some stuff too. He said, I've learned that whenever possible, let the joy of the Lord flow from your life. I thought, boy, that is some wise counsel. God, help me see the blessings that you give me, Lord. Help me to see that your presence is there with me. That your joy, I always like to say, let Jesus leak out of you. And 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 that's kind of you know that that was kind of advice. That's kind of the, the picture there. Um, he goes on uh in verse twelve, and he says, uh, "Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer." Uh, see the connection, and and, and then I want, I want to drop down to verse fifteen. He says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn." Hey, be together. He says. Go to chapter thirteen, next chapter, verse eight. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. Uh, Too often in Bible conferences, we turn this into a verse that deals with financial debt and making sure that you're not spending more money than you make. And I get some of that. But the true translation of this is, man, more than anything else, make sure you love people. Make sure you love God. That's the ultimate that he's sharing here, and now fourteen, thirteen, and fifteen he says, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way as one who is in the Lord Jesus, I'm fully convinced no food's unclean itself in regards something's unclean, then for him it's unclean. In other words, he said, don't major on the minor things and minor on the major things. Share Jesus. Don't get sidetracked. And, and then he moves on here to uh, chapter 15. and Look at a couple of verses real quick. Verse 5, he says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. He says, man, may you guys be together in Jesus. And then verse 7, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. I've always loved that verse. Accept one another then. Just as in Christ, God has accepted you. And why has He accepted you? In order to bring praise to God. Do you realize that? When we live together in the love of Jesus Christ and we're vitally connected, looking the same direction, being on mission, loving God, loving one another, it brings praise to God. That's the call, uh, to live in such a way. And when that happens, there's an obvious affection. Now, I want to look at this list, uh, just a couple of things here, um, some observations. Uh, First, 27 people here are discussed. 25 of those are personally named. And later on, there's eight more, too. It's a large group of people here that Paul calls by name, or he mentions I think that this is Paul's prayer list. I think in those moments. When when Paul is alone. In those moments that we call a quiet time. He thinks of those people. That that he cherishes. And he prays for them. As we talked about last time. The importance of prayer. There has to be a vital connection. To to know how to pray. And and, and, and he wanted to stay in touch with them. And and he he cried out to God on their behalf. And I I think that. That's a lot of what's going on here. in, In this list. And and. By the way, there's nothing negative in this list of people. You're <laughs> just sharing blessings. Isn't that good? Now, now think about it. Uh, when was the last time uh, the people you used to... Well, let me just ask you. The people you used to gossip about, do you pray for them now? Do you lift them before the Father? Or do you still talk about them among other people? The call is to lift them to God. And, and hey, these aren't perfect people; they were a mess, just like you and me. <laughs> but Paul didn't want to focus on the mess; he wanted to focus on Jesus in their lives and lifting up their needs to God. That that was his that was his heart as as he shared. it. Uh, next, there's 21 titles that are given. As there's a description of, of these different ones. Uh, just marking, uh, marching through here a little bit, he, he talks out here. He starts here in verse one. He speaks of Phoebe, a servant of the church and, and uh, that word is actually the word we get our word deacon from and uh, she was a servant she had a heart to serve other people and she had greatly impacted paul and, and he he mentions her he, he says in this he says um for she's been a great help to many people including me <laughs> verse 3 he talks about priscilla and aquila and you know i hate in this translation if you, if i look down at the bottom of mine it says Prisca, a variant of Priscilla. In other words, was he literally? Uh, this was written down. He says Greek Prisca. You know, it's a nickname. It's shortened name. Can't really shorten Todd with a nickname, but a lot of people, you know, they, um, you know, they shorten their name down. Um, you know, my friend growing up, old, I call him Barry, and you know, different ones. Uh, you know, names are shortened. Uh, anyway, in in this list, uh, this is an affectionate way. Prisca, Michaela. hey, this is family to Paul. People that have impacted his life, and he he goes down. He, he speaks about other fellow workers uh, as you go down through the scripture here. There's several of them, and um, then in verse five, look at this. He says. Uh, Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my friend Eponitas, who was the first convert to Asia in the province. To Christ in the province of Asia. He remembers going to Asia and ministering there. And he remembers this one coming to Christ. And the joy it brought him. Man, it's such a blessing. When people surrender to Jesus. And you get to just watch. I know often my wife and I pray. and, And I know you do too. God, do something that only you can do. Not little stuff that I do. I want to see something that's God-sized. God, I want to see you work. I want to see you transform lives. I want to see you impact people. And that's bigger than my little bit of stuff. That's you. And 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 that, that's the heart. He's looking back and he said, I remember when God impacted got a hold of his heart and, and he received Christ and he was transformed and oh man, it, it he says, I remember this guy. It's on his heart, that impacted his life. Verse eleven. Um, or verse seven too, he says, Greet Andronicus and Junius, my relatives who've been in prison with me. And then down verse eleven. Um or let's see anyway, there's another one down here, my uh, oh verse eleven Greek Herodian, my relative relatives, I think all of us have people in our family, our immediate family relatives who are not believers in Christ Jesus, and it hurts. You know, and it's so sad because sometimes people have this idea. Well, he looks at me and he says, you're just a no good rotten worm. And, you know, and they think Christians are always like. You know, kind of thing. I can't do the nagging. housewife Rachel. But anyway, that <laughs> thing. And, and, you know, that's really not the heart of Christ, of his people. The heart is, man, when we leave God of our lives, we mess everything up. And the fact of the matter is, because of sin, we're already messed up. We need a Savior. We need a new start. We need to be forgiven. And that's really what it's about. That's what makes the difference. And, and man, he's talking about these relatives. I'm sure there were plenty of relatives who did not trust Jesus. And he was grateful for those who walked with Jesus. Aren't you? Okay, uh, there's references to greetings. Uh here, and, and look at verse 16. He, boy, time goes by. Greet one another with a holy kiss. <laughs> in those days, they, uh, you know, that was the normal form of greeting. It was a holy kiss. When Cindy and I were in a Victory Chapel, a mission uh, in Long Island, Patchogue, Long Island, there was quite a group. A lot of the people there, it was like a rescue mission ministry in many ways. And there was this guy, I guess he was Italian, and he loved to do the holy kiss thing. And I wish I could remember his name, uh, but anyway, the women- I'll just be honest with you, the women thought, "Oh my goodness, because when he did it he would it would be like this <laughs> on their head, you know I mean, just sit there and they're all like, "Oh, oh you know, here he comes <laughs> with that holy kiss, you know and and that picture, as you look down through history, you know it started with a holy kiss and then it became an embrace and a kiss on the head and then later they would take an object and everybody would kiss that object yeah sounds kind of unsanitary and then they moved on from there uh where they had a scroll of scripture and they would pass that through and kiss that and then it became a piece of wood then it became a piece of paper and then there was no kiss there's no uh connection in that way um physical connection as it drifts out Uh, years ago there was an old uh, sitcom named cheers if you remember that and it talked about the bar and how people come there to find a sense of somebody who'll listen to you and, and and you know have some sense of somebody cares about me and this is just a line from the song that would open up i thought about trying to play the whole thing but two or three minutes that's too much but here here's just a line from the starting song You want to be where everybody knows your name. You want to go where people know people are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. You see, uh, four out of ten people in a recent survey said they're lonely. Said they're lonely. Children get this. Boy, children get everything, don't they? They're just so honest. Uh, I read about a, a young mom. She was having a bad day. Her washing machine broke. She received an unexpected bill in the mail. Uh, she was starting to feel sick. She didn't know what to do. And so she was totally broken. And she leaned next to uh, where her one-year-old was seated. And she just began to cry. And as she raised her head, her one-year-old little baby took his pacifier and stuck it in her mouth. (laughs) He got it. He got it. All right. Three things they mean here, um. As time goes here, the body of Christ has variety in unity. As you go down through this list, um, at least nine widows are listed here. <laughs> there are possibly thirteen slaves. There are people who are wealthy and rich. Many uh, believe that Phoebe was a single woman who uh, was a wealthy businesswoman who was able to give a retirement money to the church. Uh, Eris it, it talked about those from the family of Aristobulus, um. He was a grandson of Herod the Great and a close friend of the emperor. So there was a connection there into the royal family. matter of fact, Philippians 4.22, let me look there just real quick. Um, he says, all the saints send you greeting, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. In other words, among the rich, among the wealthy, among the royalty, they learned about Jesus. There were believers in the highest places of the Roman Empire. How'd that happen? Because there were slaves and people who weren't so prominent and important who impacted them because of a genuine walk with Jesus Christ, of a message that just Jesus leaked out of them and made the impact, made the difference. Um, Then there's a that's um, also listed in verse 10. He caught my eye. um, As it speaks of him, uh, it talks about he was tested and approved in Christ. I don't know what happened to him. But Paul said, here is a guy who's been through it. And he stayed true to Jesus. Aren't those people wonderful? How in the world is he doing it? How does she survive? How come he's not a nut? Jesus. The grace of God. And and that was this guy. It made me think of 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 7 through 9 and um in the text uh he says uh, I can find it here. The older I get, harder to see. They have, these have come, talking about trials, so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. When, um, and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. He says, though you have not seen Him, you love Him, and even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy because you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Man, He hit His eye on the fact that heaven waits me and God's with me. And anyway, um, let me move on here. I know time's away. body of Christ is servants in obscurity, people that don't have to be stroked all the time. They're not high maintenance. <laughs> they work in the background and just love people and love Jesus. Uh, Phoebe, of course. What what Paul says she helped me. What did he do? I don't it doesn't say did she help with meals, with clothes, did she hide him uh, from the bad guys that wanted to torture him? What did she do? Uh, she was there for him. Look at verse 13 back in in Romans 16 here too. This one caught my attention. He says Greek Rufus chosen in the Lord and his mother who has been a mother to me too? He doesn't name her personally, but she's like his mom. You know, you know, you know. Aren't like You know, I've had some of those, and I bet you have too. You know, well, he's like my other kid, right? I mean, I, I, you know, we had uh, two two sisters who never got married who kind of adopted us years ago in our family, Nana Carrie and Nana Elizabeth, and we love those ladies. I never forget one time Uh. Nathan was maybe two or three, and Nan Elizabeth had found a, a a wig, and she had taken it off of the the styrofoam support. And Nathan screamed, ah! and then she put it on her head and pulled it off. And Nathan goes, ah! he thought that's crazy, but they're you know they're they're family to us. And Paul says she's like my own mom, isn't that precious? Um, and then he speaks about servants known for their work, verses six and twelve. Those who are hard workers, he said, greet Mary who worked. Hard, very hard for you. <laughs> we don't know anything else about this particular Mary other than she worked hard for Jesus. Amen for those people who do that. Verse twelve, greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. One of uh, uh, one of those is, means dainty, and the other means delicate. But they they worked hard. They weren't dating the delicate in, in the sense that they weren't willing to get their hands dirty and put on their apron and get to work. <laughs> to love God and to love people and, and to make a difference. a uh, body of Christ is esteem and humility. Uh, talking about uh, Prisca with Priscilla and Achilla. and As you read about that, you know, uh, Paul met with them. They became really close. And Paul discipled them. And, and then it, it tells us about this guy, Paulus who was a masterful speaker But he didn't have the full story. And and this couple, this great couple, they took Apollos and they trained him in the truth of Jesus Christ. And he became very powerful in the cause of Christ and in speaking the word and teaching the truth because this dear couple invested in him. And it doesn't tell us much beyond that other than the fact that they were willing to serve and to love and to invest. Uh, Proverbs 27, 2 says, Let another praise you. And not your own mouth, someone else, and not your own lips. Hey, this is not about self promotion. <laughs> it's about lifting up Christ. It's a beautiful thing when people want to see success and don't care who gets a credit. And it's a wonderful thing when we give credit to our God who deserves it. Oh, anyway. All right, as I close here, a couple of quick lessons of tying this together. Number one, accept the variety. Like I said, there were a whole lot of different people on, you know, every uh, possible thing you could think of, uh, backgrounds. Uh, but they worked together. In Christ, there was a unity. Um, we need to learn to be more accepting. Uh, second, work on servanthood. <laughs> Talk several places about how hard they work. Man, we, we, need, to, we need to serve. Uh, cultivate esteem for others in the body. Be a person that picks others up. Instead, of beats them down, if at all possible. Ephesians four twenty nine: Do not let any, let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it may benefit those who listen. Hey, encourage, build up people in Christ. You know, make that our heart. Last one here, to demonstrate your love. One of the reasons Paul had such a deep affection for these people is these people love Paul. I'm not talking about just with words. They took care of him. They, they, they were the kind of people you know you could just call and say, "Man, I, I can you help me?" Yeah, I'll be right there, Paul. I'll be right there. Awesome stuff. You know, you love that. You love that. Um, sometimes you can't see people clearly. Sometimes we mess up and. Uh, Sometimes the people met me the greatest blessing to you. You think I don't want to be anywhere near that person. Cindy and I were, uh, our family was in a tough situation in church, and the best thing to do was simply uh, for me to resign. It was so hard though, and we were trying to figure out what to do with some things, and so I resigned one day, and this guy came up to me. He had a long ponytail. And he kind of, you know, he just didn't strike me as a prominent individual, you know. And uh, he said, I know you don't really know me that well, but God has used you to impact my life. And I want to bless you. And I'm thinking, what can you do for me? Boy, little did I know, the guy's probably a millionaire. And he ended up helping us. And a transition, a dear friend. And I had found out at one point he was, man, he was had trouble with alcoholism and everything else. Nearly died in a motorcycle accident, went in a coma, came out of the coma, started getting his life together, and you know, I just happened to be there during that time when he was sensitive to the voice of God. And this guy came out, and although to me he didn't look the part, he did the part. And he loved us. So let's be careful, you know. We're so quick to say, I'm ride write him off. I'm going to write her off. You don't know what God is up to. And we don't know who he may choose to work through. Even somebody that looks like you. Or me. Let's pray. God, we thank you for Paul, Lord. And for this wonderful group of people that he speaks of here, Lord. I thank you for this wonderful group of people that you have brought together at Kingsway, God. Father, may we be connected to you and to one another, and may that connection, Lord, give us a heart to move beyond ourselves, Lord, to carry a message that's life changing, and that's Jesus. Father, that's where real love is found and where it grows and where it culminates in eternity. So I just pray this morning. Maybe there's someone here and uh, been dealing with jesus and who he is and maybe though it's time now to say yes to the love of jesus and to the person of jesus and to say i'm ready jesus enter my heart forgive me give me a new start i'm I'm ready to become a part of your family god uh, just touch hearts if if that's where someone here is for others who maybe have kind of drifted away and lord you've spoken i want to be a kind of person that somebody remembers I want to be the kind of person that um, later on in life, when they're they're writing about people, I, I'm there not not because just me, but because Jesus is in me. I, Father, uh, set us back toward that, Lord. Um, Father, what do you, what do you want to do? Maybe someone here, it's it's time to join this particular fellowship, become part of, of King's Way Baptist Church. Uh, although already maybe a part of the kingdom. Uh, Maybe someone here, it's time to be baptized. It's time to make that public display of an interchange that came through the power of Jesus. Father, we have an altar that's open and we want you to work and we'll just get out of the way and let you work. May we stand, may we sing, may we obey and come as you lead us. In Christ's name, amen.